Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, as well as on Spotify and lots of other podcast platforms. There are links to Now Hear This Entertainment on at least a half dozen podcast apps at nhte.net. In addition to what's listed there, the show is also on the likes of Overcast, Himalaya, Podcoin, Player FM, and more. Joining me today on location in St. Petersburg, Florida, my guest is a jazz musician based in Texas, currently on a year-long world tour that started in the Netherlands in January. Although he occasionally plays guitar, he is a saxophonist who has released three albums, plus he has released a couple singles, including one this past Christmas. You've been hearing a song of his entitled Tequila Nights. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Chris Mitchell. How's it going? Thanks for having me on your channel. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. It's nice to meet you in person. Thanks for making time for this. Oh, of course, anytime, man. I read a lot about you, actually. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Let's start off by having you first tell the listeners about the song we were just playing of yours called Tequila Nights, which is from your I Found Forever album. Well, Tequila Nights is what it is. Uh, the song explains exactly what happened that night. I was spending some time in Mexico <laughs> with some good friends of mine, and uh, we had a very wild tequila night. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, but it was one of those things where we're uh, we're we're well, we were hanging out in uh, Puerto Vallarta. And uh, right there, like on the beach, uh, where we were drinking our tequila and eating our tacos, um, I had this little note in my head, and I said, you know what, I, I think I got it, I think I got a record. And I wasn't with my, my band, I was just with my friends, and they go, what are you talking about, man, you know, because, you know, you start drinking, you kind of just <laughs> all over the place a little bit. And uh, so I think I got it. I said, you know what? I'm going to write a song and we'll call it Tequila Nights. It's nighttime. We're drinking tequila. We're having fun. So the song you hear, it reminds you of a song that's like, you want to have a nice tequila. You want to have a great night. It's a great evening. That's where that came from. And uh, it's just a lovely song. I love it. So just to set the record straight, the idea that you had then was just what you wanted to write a song about. You didn't actually start developing a hook or a melody at that time. It was just, this is what the topic is going to be. Exactly. Exactly. So then walk the listeners through, when you're an instrumentalist, how do you develop that? Because it's easy when someone's writing lyrics. They can say, well, I'm going to say I was on the beach and it was Mexico and tequila, and, but there's no lyrics. So how do, you, how do you develop an idea into something instrumental that conveys this is equivalent to a tequila night? Well, I'll tell you. So when we go in the studio, we sometimes have uh, charts of the music that we've written out and how we get to that point, we just kind of have this melody in our head that we develop, or most times when we're just rehearsing and practicing. So Tequila Nights, the actual beat of it, the actual melody and the rhythm of it came from just going in the studio and us just having fun, warming up, and then one person started a rhythm and we're going like, yeah, let's do, let's do that. And then we tell the bass player, go do this, and the piano player, you do that. And it just all started to come together. When I record in the studio, sometimes I like to use charts, sometimes I don't, because I want, I want my musicians uh, and my band members to, to have fun with it. I want them to enjoy themselves. You know, my mom would always tell me I'm at my best when I'm having fun. And it's a very, for me, that's very true. You know, um, so when we go in the studio and it's like 
unscripted and it's not so structured. Everyone's just having fun, just putting in their own ideas. And actually, that entire that entire album of I Found Forever is pretty much what we kind of just made up on the spot. Okay, but I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit because if it's a ballad, if it's a romantic uh, bed of roses, right? Here's I'm just thinking of, a, of an idea. Uh-huh. So that's something that it might be fun because you like creating music, but it's not a real upbeat like let's have let's jam in the studio song. So how do you create that sense? Because I, I can visualize what you're saying and say, oh, Tequila Nights, that would be easy to write and form. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden it's, okay, guys, this is this is not an up-tempo song. Mm-hmm. So how do you create differently when it's a ballad versus a fun, fast song? Slow the music down. <laughs> Just that easy. Yeah, slow the music down. <laughs> if you want to make it fun, you speed it up. If you want to make it romantic, it's slow, you know, and nice and soft, slow it down. <laughs> Chris and I are just meeting for the first time. He's being polite because I know he wants to say, "Bruce, you're overthinking it." <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty. Uh, that's exactly what we did. I mean, when you have songs where you know you want to take, for example, Frank Sinatra. It's a difference of how he sings it on the record as opposed to how he performs it live. He can make it, he can sing it slow, he can sing it fast, I mean, mid-tempo. That's all that is. Okay, okay. Well, unfortunately, I really don't say it as much as I should on this show, but I actually am a jazz fan. I've always really liked George Benson, Earl Klug, the Rippingtons, the list goes on. The legends. Chris, since this show has gotten listeners from 144 countries around the world, there are going to be people who are just being introduced to you. So what about you? Jazz favorites, jazz influences? Uh, Well, when I taught myself at 12 years old, my sister handed me a CD. She said, here's a CD that every woman in the world it's at least on the CD of his at one point in their life. It was Kenny G, right? Wow. Yeah, so that's, what, that's wow. what she told me. And I've come to find out that just about every woman in the world has at some <laughs> point in their life owned a Kenny G CD. I mean, <laughs> yeah, at some point, right? Am I, am I, am I, am I right? At some, yeah, at some point. Um, she gave uh, him the thumbs up, she, by the yeah, way. Yeah, she gave me the thumbs up. You, you guys can't see it, but she's smiling and gave me the thumbs up like, yeah, I had one. Um, but now, you know, now she has one of mine. So um, my influences was him, uh, John Coltrane, uh, Sonny Rylands. I mean, uh, Duke Ellington. I mean, I was, I listened to everything, right? I always call myself like a iTunes jukebox, so to speak, right? Because I know just about every song, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I was influenced by watching these guys like on YouTube. Or I would watch, well, 1998, there wasn't YouTube, but you had like uh, those TV shows where, you know, they would come and perform live on the shows, whether it be like award shows or, you know, you got old tapes or VHS. I don't know if the millennials know what VHS is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe you need to Google it and know what a VHS yeah, is. I was going to say old shows like the Johnny Carson show yeah. or Mike Douglas or Merv Griffin, but they don't know what that is they, either. Yeah, they may not know, they may not know who those, those people are, but they paved the way for guys like myself. and uh, uh, So, yeah, I mean, it's my influence comes from everyone. You know, there's not just one particular person that I'm just like, I listen to all the time. I, I'm I'm really impressed. You don't see it, listeners, but th- does the instrument go with you everywhere? That it's I I mean you're mm-hmm. gently laying it on the counter here, but I'm I'm surprised to see it's you. like my license. <laughs> <laughs> everywhere I take it, I take it everywhere I go to the gas station, uh, car wash. You're not kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, he is kidding. He is kidding. <laughs> no, now I walked out of here with it because I said, you know what? If I have to play for its listeners, then I have it with me. 
because yeah. you don't want to hear me sing. My singing is not not so great. So, <laughs> but I'm the perfect guy. You take the karaoke though. Uh, yeah, I'm the guy. I am the I am the guy. You take the karaoke to have a good night. Well, anyhow, uh, welcome to the Tampa St. Pete area, or should I say, welcome back. In my research, I turned up that you performed in Tampa one year ago this month. And listeners, how cool is this? Chris, you're actually performing a little more than an hour from now. Well, a little more than that, actually, with the opening acts first. But this is pretty unprecedented access. In 277 episodes of the show, I don't remember ever interviewing someone an hour or so before they were about to perform. What are you usually doing an hour or so before your live shows? Or maybe even what does a typical show day look like for you? Knowing, of course, that sometimes that might include travel also. Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like b- before I do shows, I try to take a small nap. I'm old, man. I'm old, man. <laughs> like I, dude, my daily routine is wake up at five thirty in the morning. I wake up every morning at five thirty. Wow. I work out. I go get some breakfast. I sit down. I have my coffee. I read my newspaper. I'm not kidding you. Like, my friends make fun of me all the time. They say you're an old person in <laughs> a young person's body. I kind of get it. You and I are kind of close though. I get up at six six fifteen. I have tea instead of coffee. I read the newspaper. Right. So so continue. The show's not about yeah. it's about you, not me. No, no, it's okay. Um, so I, I read my newspaper and and throughout my day uh, before the show, uh, I meet up with some friends, try to have a good time. You know, just kind of relax a little bit. And then right before the show, you know, I can take a small nap before I get out there. I want to be very energetic, uh, but sometimes it doesn't work like that. And I just kind of just meet the fans. Which is something I love to do. I like making new friends. You know, I never look at them as like just fans uh, of music. I always look at them as friends. You know, um, that's why I do two shows in the same city per year or country. So what we do is like we perform an intimate show, and then we'll perform like a concert hall or arena or something like that. But we always do like an intimate show because I want to meet people one on one. You know. Yeah, that personal connection is going to go a long way with them. A long them. way, man. Long and way. They'll, they'll support you. Yeah, when you when you perform the arena, your 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 fans are normally let's just say about anywhere between twenty to forty feet away from you, right? You can't really reach out and touch your hand. Well, you can't. Well, they build stages differently, but to where they, you can do that, but sometimes you can't. And if you're able to walk out of a show after, but you have like five thousand people, it's not it's not practical that you're going to be able to just meet all five thousand people. But if you do a, a intimate concert of like 250 or 300, you know, you can meet everybody just about, you know. You mm-hmm. can go out mm-hmm. and shake someone's hand, take pictures with them, you know, uh, talk about, you know, walking a dog. I don't know. You can do anything. You can, you can, you can chat with them. So I like fun. it. I like it. Yeah. So speaking of show days and travel, Chris, wow, what a year for you in 2019 in, in this world tour. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Listeners, check this out. I mentioned in the intro that Chris started the year in the Netherlands. That was on January 8th. He then moved on to Rome, then Dubai, and then Mexico City. In early May, he was in Western Canada. In July, he's going to be in Japan. September, he will be in Finland, Thailand, and Australia. Eastern Canada in October, and then in November, it's the UK, France, and Germany. And yes, folks, there are U.S. dates sprinkled in along the way. But Chris, I have to imagine this is your biggest tour yet. Yeah, it is my first Fantastic. world tour. Fantastic. First world tour. So it was one of those things where it was a long time coming. You know, uh, I have visitors going to my site from all over, and then we'll reach out to the visitors and go, well, where to next? Oh, come over here. Come over here. And that's what we do. So mm. for me... Uh, I book my own concerts. Wow! My own wow. Tell the listeners how big my eyes yeah. just got. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, there's there's no one booking these. Oh my sh- gosh. I book them. 
I'm wow. my own investor. Wow. I talk about it a lot in my shows. Like, uh, if, if you know my music and you've been in my concerts, you know it's me. So all those dates, you see no one booked those dates for me. And, and you see how easy it is to book yourself? You just call and rent the venue. And that's it. Fantastic. And people wonder, like, you know, and I hope there's listeners out there, too, that are trying to get to the next level because here's how you do it. You simply rent a venue and you sell the tickets. That's just that easy. How do you get in touch with the venue? You go on the website. Clear the day right there. Contact us. And you call them. Or some sites have, like, the rental venue information. And you see, you know, how many seats you, you, you feel that you can fill up. You know, and then you, if it's in the budget to rent that venue, rent it. If it's not in your budget, then call another venue. That's, that's, that's as simple as that. And it goes back to me poking fun at myself earlier and saying, yeah. Bruce, you're overthinking it. Because I, I think a lot of the up-and-comers are overthinking it yeah, and they're they, making it too difficult on themselves. They do. I mean, they, you know, it's great to look for. It, it can be one thing to look for investors, but if, if you're looking for someone to come and save you and build your career, that's not, you, you're going to have to do that. No, no one's going to, I don't care what anyone, this is just my personal preference. I don't care what anyone try to teach you as far as like, oh, I can pave the way for you. No, no one can pave the way for yourself. You have to do it. You have to do the groundwork yourself, period. That's how it works. Like, for example, look at, look, look at what we're doing right now. This is something that no one booked, booked this interview for you. Yeah, you, you did and I, you and we I just did talked, this all. Yep. Right. And here we are. Right. You, you set it up. We have the microphones here. You know, she's taking pictures of here and all that. This is something you set up. And there are people out now that are trying to host their own podcast or radio show and don't know how to do it. You just call the person you want to interview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you, if they want to interview or interview with you, then you do it. But getting back to what you were saying about that you can find someone to do it for you. To get the right person, it's going to take you so long to find the right person mm-hmm. who really has your best interest at heart in helping you with your music career. In all that time that it took you looking for that person, you could have been booking yourself Is it. at really nice venues. At really nice venues. That's it. And don't be afraid to spend your money. Like, reach down in your pocket and spend the money. Like, you know, we all have, you know, we all have priorities. You know, there are people with kids and people that are married and people that got bills. We all have bills. You're going to have bills for the rest of your life. Okay, wherever you live, you're going to have bills for the rest of your life. Okay, stop making excuses, reach in your pocket, spend the money. You spend the money on everything else. You get a beer, you get wine, you go out and drink with your friends. And do you not know that you can go to a grocery store and get your own bottles of wine like for a lot less (laughs) by by how much you pay by the glass and have fun at home? You got to make these sacrifices. I mean, you know, uh, that's that's pretty much what it is. People want to travel. People want to do great with themselves. But they're afraid to spend the money. Money is one of the biggest factors. And I'm not, you know, trying to act like, talk like a financial advisor or like that. I just want to be 100% with you. Money is the biggest thing, one of the biggest things that comes with people that want to make it. They're afraid to spend their own money themselves. So that's why they go and find someone else to do it for them. Who really wants to invest in you when you want to spend the money on yourself? I run five businesses, right? I got five. Music is one of them, right? When, when, when I have someone that comes to me and says, oh, you want to get included on this deal? I want to know, have they already started? What have you, what are you doing right now? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, like I don't, your numbers. Okay. Regardless of how much you're selling. Right. I just want to know what you're doing with your own money. How much money are you putting in? Are you putting any money into that? Or you just have an idea and you want to come to me and fund it. How invested are you in, in your own career? Listeners, if you heard last week's episode when I interviewed singer, songwriter, guitar slayer, 
Hannah Wickland, you heard that I did a giveaway of a Tascam TM95GN microphone, a $100 value. If you missed out on that, get online and look at Tascam.com to see the wide variety of recording solutions that they have. Mixers, heck, recorders, so you can capture your live shows. Chris and I right now are using Tascam microphones that are XLR'd into the Tascam DR44WL, which is a handheld recorder that has Wi-Fi capabilities and more. I've got my Tascam headphones on. There's a whole lot more to see, to use from them in whatever you're doing music-wise. Look at TASCAM.com. Chris, in your live show, you get right up close and personal with the mm-hmm. fans, meaning going out into the crowd. Do you remember by any chance the first time you ever did that? And if so, were you scared of people touching your sacks or, or interact, interacting with you in a way that would throw you off the music? Or is it so long ago you've been doing it for so long that, Bruce, I don't remember? No, no. I've always been uh, very interactive as a kid. Like I'm, a, I'm the youngest of seven. Yeah, so that's a big household. <laughs> so there is no like nervous being nervous or nothing uh, like that. I'm around okay. people all the time, right? Um, so when I get around people, it's just like being a natural. Uh, I was always, as a kid, I was always in people's faces, like you know, just being interact with people. You know, it was it was one of those things. And the same thing when I'm out there performing. It's like being at home. It's all this. Did you ever have anybody try to talk you out of it? Hey, as a friend, I got to tell you that's kind of dangerous, and this reason and this reason, insurance, whatever. Anybody try to talk Walking you out of the it? audience? Yeah. Uh no, I haven't. Yeah, and and don't try to talk me out of it. <laughs> I wasn't going yeah, to. Yeah, I, I yeah, think no. <laughs> well, I, I gotta believe that that's probably why your show is called the Chris Mitchell Experience. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's it's called that because that's what you're getting. You're paying for an experience. When you buy a ticket, you're not just buying to come to a concert. You're buying to join the experience. You're buying a lifetime experience. This is not. You know, one of these shows where you come, you 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 see the artists, you you the the music is great, and then you go home. No, you go home with a memory. Chris came out and 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 he gave me a high five. Chris called his mother during the concert and played a song to her. I mean, you're getting this. This is what you're getting. You know, um, I before my grandfather passed, he uh, he told me something that was very important. He said that the most important thing that you have in this life are the memories that you create with people mm-hmm. period when you're when you're when it's your last day and you're laying on you know that bed and you're about to check out you're not thinking about your job you're not thinking about your money you're not thinking about your 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 your, your items you know you're not thinking about those things you're thinking of you're thinking about your memories that's what you're thinking about that's all that's all you're doing yeah, and like you said, the next day, people are going to be talking to their friends on the phone and yeah. say, last night I went to see this artist or this artist. In your case, they're going to say, yeah. he was great. And by the way, he came into the audience. He took a picture with me. He yes. talked to me after the show. Absolutely. And all these things that make it an experience. It's like, I don't mind, I don't mind saying, I've gone to see Air Supply in concert lots of times. And I took a date one time, and her eyes just were huge because all of a sudden there's a song that they do when they come down off the stage and they will walk through the crowd. Right. And unfortunately, so few artists do that that it does really get your attention and people go, wow, this right. is an experience. Like, this is really cool. They're, exactly. they're right up with us and, and it makes it a lot more approachable and more human that mm-hmm. this isn't somebody who, okay, I'm just going to stay up here on this big stage. Mm-hmm. You stay down there and we'll do our things separately mm-hmm. and together, if that makes sense. No, I, it makes perfect sense. I asked this question to my friends. I said, you know, if you had one ticket, I'm going to ask you, if you had one ticket to go to a concert and there's just one ticket can take you to see two artists, but you have to choose one. They're both having a concert on the same night. 
Prince or Michael Jackson? Mm. Who are you going to see? And what do people typically tell you? Michael Jackson. I'm going to see Prince. As great as Michael Jackson was, I don't think I've, I I would like to see Michael Jackson because he's a legend, right? That's what we all do. But if I got friends in town and I'm trying to go have some fun, fun, <laughs> I'm going to see Prince because I know Prince is going to make a memory for a lifetime. He's going to come in the audience. The guy sang Purple Rain at the Super Bowl and it rained. I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on, man! Like, what? I I would love to be to that Super Bowl. Prince came out and sang "Purple Rain," and it just started raining. <laughs> Although Michael Jackson had his Super Bowl moment, where he stood there so long right. doing nothing that and I people think passed that, out. I think that was like a record for everybody sitting there with their mouths open, thinking. When is he going to do something? Yeah. <laughs> and, and people are just already passing out and being lifted out. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's 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 definitely something. But you know, he stayed on the stage majority of the time. I don't think you know we, of course, security reasons because he's Michael Jackson. I get it, but there are there are moments where you're like, I just want to meet this person. Yeah. I just want to yeah. touch this person. I just want to shake their hand. Well, in talking about all the touring that you're doing, is it even possible with that kind of schedule to be thinking about new music, whether that would be a single, an EP, or a full album? Is, is there anything being planned that way? Well, what do you mean as far as, as far as the tour? Out of the albums out of the tour? When you're so busy touring, is there time to go to a studio and say, I want to I start recording towards a new EP or towards oh, a yeah. new album? Yeah, or or writing, writing new music? There are artists that record in their hotel room while wow. they're on tour. But yourself, though, I mean, you've got this year-long world tour. Are you yeah. are you creating any new music, or is it? I'm just focusing on all these live shows. Yeah, during our during our during our, our off time, then we're we're doing some recording. Uh, we're we don't really record on the road because during that time, I do have I do go home. I mean, okay. I'm going home. I pay mortgage there. I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see my home. So I do have moments like when I go home. You know, I get to rest. I get to go to the studio, record, and then we back out. Home is Houston. Houston, Texas. And is, is that where you do your recording? Yes, sir. In Houston? Okay, okay. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, filling in for Bruce this week is Captain Obvious. This might sound like common sense, but yes, unfortunately, people you're trying to get different opportunities with, airplay, interviews, bookings, are looking at your social media numbers. You need to work to get those numbers up. Stay up with the trends, take a social media workshop or two, spend some money on a Facebook ad. You can't just sit back and hope that people will follow you and that your numbers will mysteriously inflate overnight. Put social media as one of the to-do tasks on your calendar and invest time in growing your following so that those opportunities will start to manifest for you. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes, and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. 
Chris, I mentioned back in the intro that you occasionally play guitar. Yeah. Talk about that. Uh, occasionally. That's exactly what it is. Uh, I'm not great at it. I can hold a tune. But I wouldn't bring it in concert. So it would just be recreationally at home, or would it be in the studio? Oh, it's def- Well, you know, I would take it anywhere because I'm not afraid to embarrass myself. <laughs> but <laughs> if I had to say, then no, I'm not taking that to the studio. No, no, no. I'm not that great at it. I leave that up to my brothers. My brothers are like guitarists and singers, or my sisters, my whole family. They're guitarists, singers, drummers, piano players. I mean, wow. they do it out. One, wow. one of my sisters that's coming to the show tonight, she plays clarinet, she sings. I mean, it's, yeah. But guitar did not come, that, that talent did not move to me. <laughs> I didn't get that. Those must be some, some musical family holidays that y'all oh, have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes I'll bring the guitar occasionally. I'll bring, it's an occasion. <laughs> and I go, go. I, I'll bring my guitar to my mom's house. Or I play my brother's guitar at my mom's house. And uh, no one's singing, actually, when I'm playing because it's, I'm not playing anything that you can actually sing over because it sounds really bad. But Acoustic guitar? Yeah, acoustic, mm-hmm. hollow body, you know. I also mentioned back in the intro that you've released three albums, but original music aside, you do very much perform standards, big band songs, mm-hmm. pop hits. I, yeah, all that. I perform the covers, and then I perform originals. I think it's good to give people to both sides, give them things that, give them songs that they want to hear, and then give them original songs that that makes a staple for you. And is that a set set list from one night to the next throughout this whole 2019 world tour or is it I feel like playing this tonight or I don't feel like playing this one tonight okay so that's a great question because we have a song list or set list that's charted out what we're going to be playing in order right it never goes like that in concert because you get you get you get you're having fun and then the keyboard player is over, Mike, Michael Hodge, my keyboard player, he's over there hearing something else, and he kind of sneaks something into the song, and then my bass player, Will Curtis, hears, and he goes, let's do that, let's do that. So now we're going from playing like Shaka Khan, Ain't Nobody, into Chris Brown's Fine China, because it, it actually flows together. They heard it, and they're like, oh, that's good here, you know, and then we're doing something like that. Wow, wow. Yeah. Those are some talented musicians. Tell the listeners who all oh, yeah. plays, who performs with you on stage. So we got Michael Hobby on piano. Right, and then we have Andres Jones on drums, and then we have Itchy. Um, he's from Japan. Has Itchy on uh, lead guitar in Hollow Body, and then we also uh, have Will Curtis on bass guitar. And I want to compliment you too on the team that you bring with you. That's off the stage because it's it, it impresses me even more now mm-hmm. that I hear that you're the one driving the bus on all this thing. Yeah. Because listeners go see his live shows. Everything looks great. Thank you, you got a great merch table. You got people working for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've you've left no stone unturned. Yeah, I mean, like I like I said, I mean, it's just how bad do you want it? You know, and when you when you book yourself, book it kind of like kind of like when you go to your own, go to another concert. You put it together. You're gonna need people to help you. Uh, you'll need some somebody to be at the merch table when you're not there. Uh, someone to take tickets. You're gonna need a bartender. Um, you're gonna need a host. Uh, you're gonna need ushers. You just hire them. If you need security, get yourself security. Are you lining up even something like the bartender yourself, or are you saying, "Oh, the venue will take care of that for me"? Or does it vary from one venue to the next? It varies if they have the bartenders available. But for tonight, I hired that bartender. 
Wow. Are you listening to this, folks? Who, <laughs> those of you who are up-and-comers, these are some of the things that you need to think about. Yeah. But like I said, it, it speaks a lot to the Chris Mitchell brand. Mm-hmm. When you come and you see, I'm going to say the word, the experience, <laughs> yes. and you say, look at how polished everything looks. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. Has that always been the case for you? Or did you, and I'm not trying to say, did you get burned, but did you have somebody that you tried to work with at some point and you decided, oh, I'll just stick with doing it myself uh, or, or it's just always been you? No, no, no. It's 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 definitely been people that you, you know, that didn't work out. The partnership didn't work out. I've experienced that before. Um, also, um, even when I'm doing my own thing and I hire people to do certain things, they don't perform their job efficiently, um, or they don't execute it well. Then you have an issue that you have to resolve that matter or replace the person. Or, you know, or try to resolve that matter. Um, so it's it's a it's not a common thing to happen. But it occasionally happens. So then let me ask you, getting back to that list of international shows that you're doing, because I think the listeners who are up-and-coming performers would hear that and say, well, gosh, I'd love to perform in Dubai, or I'd love to perform in Australia or Finland. How do you even begin to pick the venue that you're going to contact? And obviously they may say no, or you may not like something, and you may move on to someplace else. But when it's another country like that on a different continent, how do you even... For just for Chris Mitchell, how do you decide this is? I'm going to contact this place. Where are you from? Born and raised. Uh, Buffalo. Buffalo, like New York. Mm-hmm. Still got family there. Yep. Like a lot of family. Small amount. Yeah, let's just say twenty people. Sure. Okay. I'll reach out to you and say, "Hey, where are you from? We're from New York. So if I put a show together, then you invite your family. Yeah. Cool. I booked the venue in Buffalo, New York. You have twenty people from your family buy tickets, which pays for the venue in turn." depending on how much you charge per ticket, and then I go perform. But do you know people in the Dubais and the Sydneys no. and the Helsinkis? No. I know two people from uh, from Finland, um, uh, two friends of mine, Lawrence and Lisa. Hi, Lawrence and Lisa. <laughs> um, um, uh, Lisa's uh, from Finland, fin- Finnish, what it's called. And uh, so I reached out to her dad. Dad's a good guy, cool guy. He lives in Connecticut, and he goes back home to, uh, to Finland from time to time. I said, you know, if I should put a show together in Finland He's, but they're always saying you need to come to Finland you're right I, I, I do need to come to Finland how many people you got out there this one, we'll buy the tickets and we'll, we got our family and friends to come okay we're going to Finland Helsinki here we come Boom. yeah and listeners I'm not going to go back I mean there's five years worth of shows here but there's been a lot of guests who have talked about the connections that they've made there's this thing out there these days called the internet <laughs> and you can real easily connect with people in Facebook groups in their list goes on of all these different places and they're making connections and they're collaborating with each other on recording together or on exactly what you're describing, which right. is we'll come over here and play here. I, I'll give you a venue where you can play at. Right. So it's probably not as difficult as I think people are again, making it out to it. be. Yeah. yeah overthinking yeah. it. Yeah. Just reach, just reach out. I mean, just, just because, you know, uh, certain people are from a certain place, you know, or live in a certain place doesn't mean that's where they're from. Just reach out, see where they're from, and then take the leap of faith and then book that venue in that country, that that certain city. I mean, you just do it. Well, and be realistic. Don't feel that you have to go and find a twenty five hundred seat venue if right. you know that quote unquote all you can fill is two hundred. That's great. That's, Sell the place out. That's exactly what you do, and you make sure that you collect the information of all two hundred and let them know when you're coming back. Because they're not going to come back alone. They went and told their friends about it. Their friends want to join in now. I want to go. I had a, went to a great concert. It was amazing. And he's coming back in September. I want to go. 
That's great. So now that's they're not. Com- yeah. So now that you're two people that came together, just turned into four. I love it. Because no one it. wants to be the third wheel, so <laughs> <laughs> so there'd be four. I'm joined today on location in St. Petersburg, Florida, by jazz saxophonist Chris Mitchell. Visit his official website at chrismitchelljazz.com. As always, we will have a link to his website from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. He, of course, is on social media. From his website, you'll find links to Chris on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. And, of course, he is very actively touring. This month alone, he will be in Chicago on June 15th, Virginia Beach on June 21st, and Mobile, Alabama on June 29th. Visit chrismitchelljazz.com for the full list of dates. His music is streaming on Spotify, but support Chris by purchasing downloads of his music from iTunes and support him at the merch table when you do go see him perform live. Now that we are into June, I can say that this month I will be doing an eight-day challenge to teach you all about podcasting so you can start a show of your own about anything you want. Or maybe you know a friend who has been talking about wanting to get their own podcast started. It's only going to be 18 bucks total, that is, not per day, 18 bucks to take the eight-day challenge. I will be doing it online and taking you from concept to launch, how to plan, record, and release your show. Watch social media and or the weekly e-newsletter for information on how to register. Chris, it's said that your third album, The Chris Mitchell Experience, brought you, quote, breakthrough recognition, end quote. Well, why is that? What did you see come from that release? A lot of sales. <laughs> uh, a lot of notoriety um when i made okay so that album uh the the, the christmas experience right that album was actually it came from a dvd so we made a dvd called an evening with chris mitchell and during that time this is in 2014 and during that time we were actually recording i found forever right mm. i stopped the studio session we we're in a current currently in the studio session i stopped it and I said, hey, you know what? We should take the audio from the DVD and put it on a CD. Then why would you do that? I said, well, all the people that, you know, couldn't make the concert or want to experience that, they, we can put it on a CD and they can listen to it in their car. You know, 2014, you're not really, well, some people are riding around watching DVDs while they're driving, which you shouldn't. <laughs> but, I mean, you put, the, put it on the audio and some of the songs that didn't make the DVD, put those on the audio. This is what we want to call it, the Christmas experience. This started back in 2014, and we stopped recording I Found Forever and mm. then did, I'm sorry, that started back in 2012, actually, 2012, to be exact, because we ended up releasing the Christmas to the Experience in 13. We were already recording I Found Forever. Wow. I Found Forever wow. didn't come out until 2016. Well, and it's not unlike, obviously, this is going to sound self-serving, but I always say, why wouldn't you do an audio podcast instead of video? Because people can listen on their way to and from work, going on a vacation, going to the beach, wherever they're going, they can listen in their car, but they're not going to watch a video podcast while they're driving. So it is a smart idea because there are certain people who are going to say, no, I want to see the show. It's visually appealing to watch his concert. Right. But there's going to be a whole lot more that are going to say, I want to be able to listen back to it. Or I didn't, like you said, I didn't get to make it to his show on that tour. So I want to be able to listen right. and see what I missed. What's it like what's it what's it like what's chris concert like live put the cd in listen this is what it's like i want to go to that yeah absolutely. i want to i want to i want to see that that sounds like it's gonna be a lot of fun right i want to experience that so here's an album put it in come out 
There you go. It's a it, it, it's a it's a sales tool of a different kind. Definitely Obviously, so. you want to move those physical units, but it's also going to get people to where they're going to say, "I need to go see this guy live." It's a yeah. great CD, but I got to go see it for myself now. Exactly. Exactly. As you can tell, listeners, I have prepped Chris on the fact that we do get a lot of listeners to the show who are musicians themselves, singers, songwriters, performers who are trying to learn from me and my guests to help their entertainment career. For them, I want to ask you about the booking section of your website. You chose to just go ahead and put your rates out there for things like weddings, corporate events, other occasions. Mm -hmm. Just talk to those listeners who are performers about your decision to publish the pricing rather than just withhold that privately until someone inquires. Well, I mean, me, I would like to see, you know, the price of, of, uh, of something before I buy it. You know, I would like to see the price of something of someone of booking them. You know, uh, uh, before I inquire, I want to know where my budget stands. You know what I mean? So, I just put it out there. You know, it's it's reasonable. Uh, it can be negotiated, or it's, well, some can't be negotiated. It just depends on what you want. And you go from there. I'm not afraid to put pricing out there. Why not? And I was going to say, there's also something to say about having confidence in yourself and your product yeah. that you value yourself. At these rates, yeah. and you're not bashful to put it out there because no. there might almost be this idea that the rates aren't published. Hmm, I don't know what's it going to be, and all of a sudden that potential booker right. is already talking themselves out of it, and they haven't even talked to you yet. Right. So you got you got on the site, you got the price, and you you got everything that comes with the price. Then it tells you can be negotiated. Don't be afraid to call. You may be maybe work it out. Just, work, just try it. Well, but I'm thinking about a musician who is going to say, but I don't want other musicians to see what I charge. And to me, that's, that implies that maybe you have some doubt about your product. Yeah. Yeah, I can't relate to that. <laughs> 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 I, don't, I, I have nothing to say about that. I can't relate to that. But, I mean, I, I will hope they build the confidence. But if that's the route they want to go, that, take it. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. Listeners, if you're like me, when you get around live music, such as this environment that Chris and I are in, when you get around live music, you just want to play your own instrument even more. For me, that's my Boulder Creek guitar. It features the unique suspended bracing system that gives it tremendous sound in addition to, yes, being a really nice looking instrument. Boulder Creek also does basses and ukuleles, and as you'll see on their website, there's some really big names playing instruments from Boulder Creek. Their CEO, Jeff Stramitz, who, by the way, is also a regular gigging musician and is a multi-instrumentalist. Jeff was on episode 241 of this show talking about Boulder Creek musical instruments, but also just giving out real helpful insights to performers. If you're serious about a guitar, by the way, to the point of wanting to have them custom build one for you, Write to me at podcast at nhte.net, and I will connect you personally with Jeff. In the meantime, look at bouldercreekguitars.com, and that's spelled B-O-U-L-D-E-R. Chris, we're in the home stretch here, but I've got to ask you about being an avid racer. You're a member of both the Porsche Club of America and the Ferrari Club. Porsche. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like, I like to do it. Um, yeah, I am an avid racer. Man. I love going to the racetrack. I love um, doing the speed limit on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I've been a big fan of cars. You know, um, I, I love speed. I, I do. You know, um, I go to the, we have our, our meetups on Saturdays. Well, we have one big meetup every month called Car, Cars, and, Cars and Coffee. And I think I probably, I think I have that out here in Florida. Because um, it's pretty much all around the world. And then we have our Porsche meetup every week. 
And some guys we just meet up and go for a drive in the countryside or we'll um, – like Porsche, the actual um, 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 Porsche, you know, like the um, car leadership, so to speak, manufacturer, I'm sorry – they. This is an official club. This is not something yeah. that we just made up. This is an wow. official club. Wow. The, so when you go and see, you'll see the Porsche Club of America, or you'll see Fart Ferrari of America. These are actually like official clubs. You know what I mean? So there are some clubs, clubs that people make up and just you know build their their fan base with that. But the, no, it's a, it's a, a, a As sanctioned by the by the manufacturer themselves. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and they have events all the time, like galas. They have. Uh, weekly uh, or monthly drives, um, um, track days, and they have some days where you have this, you know, this Porsche 911, and you want to know how to really, you know, drive it. They have like instruction classes. Mm. I mean, it's cool. It's pretty cool. And it, since we're in Florida, um, in um, Birmingham, Alabama, not too far from here, not too far from here, um, they have a huge uh, Porsche track out there. It's called. Let me not say it wrong. And I know you could be kept saying experience, but it is. Some, I think it's like the Porsche experience or something like that. Uh, but it's this huge track out there where you can like go and have a track day, and they'll show you how to drive a GT3, which is amazing. Um, and the same thing goes with Ferrari or any probably any other manufacturer that have like a club. But I assume there must be a track in Houston that you go to. Yeah, go to a track in Houston. You can go to if you're from Houston or know about Houston. It's it's MSR. You can go to that track. You can go to Coda. Uh, um, any of you want to take a really nice drive from Houston to Austin? That's pretty cool. And you drive around Austin to San Antonio. You, you're moving through the hill country now, so that's amazing. I mean, it's, it's perfect. When did this interest start in cars? Because I assume that music had to be from a very young age, being that you had a musical yeah. family. Yeah, because it wasn't. It, my interest in cars didn't start when I was younger. My dad had a uh, a 1983 like Ford truck that <laughs> would barely crank crank up and run. So I mean, that that's not where my passion came from. Uh, I think it came from um, just, you know, you have, you're sitting down in a restaurant and this nice car passes by. You go, man, that sounds good. What's it like to drive it? And then you, you go and drive it one day. You go, oh, I like this. I like, and that's, that's how I kind of got started. Yeah. So, then, then you delve into that thing I referred to before that's called the internet. The and internet, yeah. Reading yeah. about Porsches and Ferraris. Mm-hmm. And, yep. And then you, you go ahead and get one and then you drive it. And if you, you like it, keep it. I'm not one of those guys that keep out, uh, keep my cars like garage cab. Oh, I drive mine. My Porsche 911 has 121,000 miles on it. I work on my own cars too. Do you? Yeah. Wow. I'm not a mechanic, but I can work on my own cars. Like I'm, so, I don't, so, so my cars build miles. So I don't really care. I can just replace the part. I don't have to take it to a dealership. My oldest brother, before he became a police officer, he was a mechanic. I learned how to work on cars from him. Wow! Wow! The yeah. the multi talented Chris Mitchell. Hey man! <laughs> you know, next thing next thing you know, I may I may be maybe on HGTV. I may be uh, have my own cooking channel. Who knows? <laughs> get get around. Wow! Wow! That, that that's good stuff. We're gonna close today with another song of yours, one called "Good Morning," which is also from the "I Found Forever" album. But before we let you go, tell the listeners all about this song, please. Well, the song is is pretty much when you hear it. It's a wake up. It's an alarm. It's 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 a. When I first released the song, those no, KG Nine, I set my alarm for the song to wake up. I know that's like sounds like why would you cliche like you listen to your own music, which I really don't. <laughs> but that's how good I feel that it is. I mean, it's a song that wakes you up, and I'm like, you know, this is 
This is a song that you can cook to, make your breakfast to, your tea, in your case. My coffee, in my case. Read your newspaper to early in the morning. This is a really nice, easy listening song. It's, yeah. Actually, I just thought that was going to be my last question, but it just made me think of something else. Because when you were saying I was setting my alarm so that it would be that song when it would play, I thought to myself, did he mean before he released it, he wanted to see how it felt? Or did he mean once it came out, I was... But it, the bigger question I'm getting at here is when you're recording, do you listen to the music that's already quote unquote finished and let it breathe for a while and say, you know, I think I want to change something in the song or is oh. it, or is it once it's done, I move on to the next song and that's it. I'm not going to go back and change anything. This another thing my mother uh, told me um, was that follow your first mind. When I go in the studio and if it sounds great, what we're doing, this is a song. This is a song. If I want to do something else within this song, maybe we'll come back and do it. But most of the times, when I record a song in the studio, this is it. And if there's anything I want to do next, I'll just do something next. I'll do the next thing. Yeah. That's all that is. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Really good stuff, Chris. Great to meet you. Of course. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, man. This is amazing. Absolutely. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to jazz saxophonist Chris Mitchell. Do visit his official website, which is chrismitchelljazz.com, and then engage with him on social media. Here I go. This is where I pound my fist on the desk. (laughs) So that means like his Facebook page, follow him on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe to his YouTube channel, and watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell him you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Get on his website or his Facebook to see all the dates where Chris is performing this year. As I mentioned before, coming up this month are dates in Chicago, Virginia Beach, and Mobile, Alabama, plus lots more the rest of the year in the U.S. and abroad, as you heard. Also, you can find his music streaming on Spotify, but I'm sure he would appreciate you following him on there. But support Chris. Purchase downloads of his music from iTunes and then support him at the merch table when you go see him perform live. Don't forget that this month, June, is your chance to learn all about podcasting firsthand from me. I've been doing it every week for more than five years, and I'm an active speaker at events around the country in the podcasting industry. In fact, I will be doing a talk at a podcasting festival next month in Denver. So I will be doing an eight-day challenge to teach you all about podcasting so you can start a show of your own about anything you want. Or maybe you know a friend who's been talking about wanting to get their own podcast started. It's only going to be 18 bucks total, not per day, 18 bucks to take the eight day challenge. I'll be doing it online and taking you from concept to launch, how to plan, record, and release your show. Watch social media and or the weekly e-newsletter for more information on how to register. In the meantime, thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out with another song from Chris Mitchell. This is the one he just talked about. It's called Good Morning.
Mm-hmm. <laughs>